Everything you know about health is about to change. Welcome to Straight Talk on Health with Dr. Vincent Medici. Sometimes people suffer, not from lack of faith, but from lack of knowledge. This is the show that changes that. If you are tired of being sick, tired of not getting answers, tired of spinning in circles, for healing is not a mystery. It is a miracle that you were designed to experience. It takes hard work and real knowledge. It takes patience and time. It takes the education this show can provide. So get it straight today. Here's Dr. Medici. Good morning. It's Dr. Vincent Medici. Okay. I thought about this show. I came up with something I think quite outstanding. Something you definitely need to understand. And that is, we, we have, we suffer from a shallow understanding of the word inflammation. It's always mentioned as a driver of disease. As if it's a bad thing. That is the myopic view. Time magazine, undoubtedly a globalist publication, Newsweek, a lot of the health magazines constantly harp on this thing about we found the key to disease, curbing the inflammatory process, they say. Well, what does this mean to the layperson? I don't think it means too much. We should explore this very deeply, and we're going to at least attempt to do that today in the next 30 minutes. So inflammation, what does it mean to you? How does that relate to disease? And where are we missing the point? Well, let's start with your understanding of it. Let's just say you're jogging in the park, and it's a hot day, so you're barely clothed because it's hot. As much of your skin is exposed and a bee stings you, a honeybee, a harmless little honeybee. And you know it stung you because all of a sudden you feel pain. And you look over to your arm where you feel the pain and you see it's red and it's swollen. And that's a minor inflammatory response that you already know. Of course, if you were bit by a rattlesnake, you'd have a massive inflammatory response, and you understand that also. And while we say, obviously, that inflammatory response is associated with a lot of pain and all the problems that come with inflammation, the redness, the swelling, the pain, the scarring, the whole thing, we know that We've heard along the way, someone's told us at one point or the other that that inflammatory response is a way that the body sequesters or sections off the source of inflammation. So whether it's rattlesnake poison, a bite from a rat, or in this case a bee sting, that poison's got to get sequestered, sectioned off. It can't be allowed to spread And in that interest, then, we blow up your arm, cut off the drainage, so to speak. And somehow that limits the spread of the poison. That's what we say is the upside of it. 
and we let it go. So we're caught in between these two viewpoints. It's bad and it's good in the same moment. And, of course, we have to refine that. That's the whole point. I'm going to refine it for you today to a place that few have ever refined it. But let's start there with that bee sting. Now, let's jump over to the same kind of thing happening when you get an infection, any infection. And we don't have to talk about the virus. We can talk about any plain old virus, bacteria, parasite, prion, mycobacterium, anything you want, anything that you imagine ails you microbially. And we can just collapse on the notion that we can land on the consensus that that's just like the bee sting. It's really not any different. So from the outside or from the inside is this problem. And the immune system sees it. Once the immune system identifies it, it starts ringing bells. And this inflammatory response ensues. Now, there's a downside and an upside, like we said. That you have the immune system focusing in on a microbe. And you're swelled up and you're coughing and you can't breathe too well. And there's all sorts of exudate, pus and dead cells and mucus. I'm talking about now more or less an infection. We once again know is a bad thing and a good thing. That's not what I want to focus on. What I want to focus on is the fact that there is a post-inflammatory response mediated by your immune system. I want to focus on the upside of the inflammatory process. Not the active, volatile, mercurial, blow it all up, knock it down, beat it up, kill it, part of the inflammatory response. I want to focus on the other side to it. The second stage of the inflammatory response. The upside of it. The part of it that really amounts to the cleanup crew, the cleanup crew that comes in to rebuild after the first part breaks down. So I want you to understand that this immune response has two phases, an upside part one and an upside part two. They're both good. But it's the part two that you're not told about. It's the part two that's not working too well in a lot of people. In a lot of people, the cleanup crew never comes. In a lot of people, the part one part, where the immune system comes in, kills the microbe, goes after it, and everything is just knocked down, demolition city, 
In a lot of people, the cleanup crew never comes. That's part two of this response. And the reason part two doesn't occur is because the second part of the immune response is controlled by the second part of the nervous system. And that second part of the nervous system controlling the second part of the immune response, which is the cleanup crew, that's the parasympathetic nerves. The parasympathetic nerves being the counterpart of the sympathetic nerves, all under the dome of the word autonomic nervous system. And where you see people fail in their body, and this goes right to COVID and the disease process with that, along to every other chronic disease, infectiously driven or chemically driven due to toxicities, where you see constantly people not be able to bring in the cleanup crew, the second part of the immune system response. You could say the second phase of the inflammatory response is because they don't have the parasympathetic nerves in working order. Now, this revolves around a term I've given you earlier, much, much earlier, but when you relate it to disease, I think it, it, it illuminates. And that term I've given you is sympathetic dominant. When people live, as people do, more than ever, because, of course, men today are made of mush, we don't grow children with bones anymore. We haven't for a long time. As the soils have depleted, as the men and the women have gotten weaker, as the technologies have allowed those who may have died at birth to live on, we have produced a weaker species, no doubt about it, unto which the microbes are no doubt capitalizing. We are definitely not getting stronger. We are definitely getting weaker. And America, more than anything, the American male is leading that brigade. You take your average 18-year-old in high school today, and you compare that average kid to an average Russian and you'll see what I mean. There is a vast difference in the bone density. You can see it. The necks are thicker. The bones are stronger. The skulls have more bone. America, the faces are narrower. In fact, none other than, none other than Vanity Fair published a series of articles in the last number of years stating that the ideal man today, the one the women choose first, is the man with the more effeminate face, the man with the more narrow jaw, those big, dense men of the Neolithic age 
are no longer at the top of the list. We like the French poodles, not the pit bulls. Go look it up yourself. The entire society of us, right down to the aesthetic, is looking for the French poodle, not the pit bull. And of course, what this is doing is creating a terrain that allows the microbes to capitalize on. This is part of what you'll see more and more over the next number of years. You're getting a taste of it now. But the main point here is that the parasympathetic nervous system and one's relationship to it, dexterity, connection to it, is quite the counterpart of that term I use, sympathetic dominant. When one is sympathetic dominant and an enemy comes in to the organism, there is a powerful immune response which can't shut itself off. And that's like saying the cleanup crew never comes in. Only the cells that do the damage. So, okay, fine. Take something like COVID. We have a term. It's called cytokine storm. That means you get sick. The immune system goes off on its query. It starts killing cells, looking for viruses to disarm the entire cacophony. The riot. The inflammatory riot that you see when people get sick, say in this case with this virus. And then doctors say, if you're unfortunate, something happens. The immune system becomes insane. And you go off into inflammatory insanity. This is called sympathetic, this is called cytokine storm. These little, these little chemicals, these inflammatory chemicals that the macrophages, the patrolling macrophages secrete, these things called cytokines, and the cytokines trigger even more destructive inflammatory enzymes. Basically, your lungs, your kidney, your heart turns to jello because you're in cytokine storm. What that really means is you're so sympathetic dominant that your parasympathetic nerves can't modulate the immune shutdown. They can't turn it off. And that's my point. The relationship, the relationship with the parasympathetic nervous system, the shutdown nervous system, what turns off the high-grade volatile inflammatory process that relationship is so not there, so undeveloped. It is so defective. It is so impotent that you can't turn it off. The hornets have come in. The angry, blazing, rageful hornets are stinging, and they just can't stop. They sting you to death and to your death and to their death. 
That's what we mean by cytokine storm. That's what we mean by the downside to sympathetic dominance. Now, of course, where are we going with this? Where we're going with this is we want you to have that relationship with the parasympathetic nerves from Jump Street. We want you to be balanced out from Jump Street. And guess what? Guess what the clincher is? The clincher is, is God would make it. The clincher is, is that the way you, John Q. Public, develops that relationship with the parasympathetic nerves is by creating a low-grade inflammation. There's the irony that the way you start to get in touch with the parasympathetic nervous system is by inflaming your body. You know what we call that? Pain. Pain. Pain that knocks on the door of your subconscious. In Christian theology, we call that forgiveness. Whoa. Did we just take a leap? In Christian theology, we call that letting go of your anger. Letting go of your loneliness. Letting go of your fear, of your anxiety, so that once done, you can find that state of grace. That deep, regenerative, regenerative, that deep, meditative existence and here's the physiological hookup that if we went in with an electron microscope we would see that state that state of grace i just defined that in christian theology we call letting go finding god amidst the storm in science we call it engaging the parasympathetic response if we went in there with an electron microscope and viewed this process, we watched it, we would see other cells of the immune system, particularly derivatives of the macrophages, different types of macrophages, come in and eat the scar tissue. Come in and clean out all the dead cells. Come in and re-sculpt the living room after the sympathetically driven part of the immune system destroyed it, broke the furniture, tore the walls down, made the house look like a bomb hit it. We would see under the eye of an electron microscope that other piece of the immune system come in, mediated by the parasympathetics, mediated by your connection to God, mediated by the actual inhabitation mediated by a three-dimensional experience of letting go of your pain, emotional and otherwise, finding the meditative state, doing what you're supposed to do as Scripture goes. And if we had that microscope, we would see these other types of macrophages come in and start to eat all the dead tissue 
and dissolve the scar tissue. The scar tissue, because it's the scar tissue that we say represents the damage. See, the scar tissue unabated, unabated, that scar tissue set to its own accord leaves you with defective tissue. Leaves you with stuff you don't want to be there. So while scar tissue to the rescue, yes it is, there's so much dense adhesive fibrin. There's so much twisted and torqued connective tissue. There's so much dead pus that the infection moves from the acute stage to the chronic stage. The chronic stage of the infection is embedded in all the scarring, and that is why you never get rid of COVID. Now, if you're driving and you couldn't follow this, it's understandable. It's a lot to hear. If you're nodding like you understand, I suggest you listen again and again and again until it sinks into you deeply. Because you're certainly not going to hear it put together like this anywhere else. So that's the website now, straighttalk.cc. Two T's, not dot com, dot cc. You can listen to the show again and again and again until you get it down, until it sinks into the marrow of your bones. Continuing is to remind you, as I continue, let me remind you, that tandem, tandem to these different types of macrophages coming in, Secreting these different types of enzymes, if I remember correctly, collagenase type C was the one that ate the post-inflammatory scar tissue. I could be wrong there, but I'm close. It's my memory. I'm depending upon once you're at that level, if you continue that way. If you continue to investigate your relationship into the parasympathetic existence, which is to say you find God, which is to say you find bliss, which is to say if we did chemical assay, we would see your endorphin levels, perhaps a little bit of DMT, a flicker and a flash, we would see those chemicals increase in concentration intermittently or whatever. We would see that if we were in there, if we even cared to measure, or if we even had the technology to measure, which often we don't. But we would see this happen. And somewhere along the way, signals would go from high centers of the brain to the marrow to deliver in increasing quantities. Increasing quantities proportional to the efficacy of the cleanup. Write this down, doctors, scientists, etc., listening, whoever you are, those of you with some educations in science, you would see proportional to the efficacy of the cleanup 
meaning how much scar tissue you've taken out, how much dead exudate you've removed, you would see proportionate to that greater infusion of stem cell. Meaning you would start growing new tissue, new tissue. Yes, you would. This nonsense, this idiocy, this gross, disgusting degrade of science is to render you thinking that some people will always have COVID. And in the chronic inflammatory stage of it, yes, in fact, there'll be permanent damage and that damage will go on forever. That is the devil. That is the devil. Which is not to say, which is not to say, which is not to say, which is not to say that a lot of people will succumb to that devil and they will have COVID, in a sense, the rest of their life because they have not been inspired, elevated, educated, asked to stand up to this evil cloud. And so... God's children will perish. And that's what you're seeing. But of course, my point is, we're not being given the upside to the inflammatory response. We're not being taught to engage it. We're not being taught to find God through a healing. We're not integrating it. We're just gathering data on the internet. We're just running our Google searches, controlled by the Chinese Communist Party. Use BitChute. Use DuckDuckGo. Get off these demonic media platforms. Because you won't be finding the truth anymore. You won't. Okay. That's it for today. If this hasn't moved you, check your pulse. And if it has, I encourage you to take the next step if you're lost in some sort of chronic health problem that you need some guidance to get out of. 714 714-850-1007. 714-850-1007. God bless you. You will need God's blessing, as so will I, and we'll see you next week. Okay, that's a wrap. Don't forget to get to Dr. Medici's website at drmedici.com to look at the pictures and review the show as often as you wish. See you next week.